Welcome to Churchpreneur's Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, faith, and theology related. Churchpreneur's vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneur's hopes to embolden you to fulfill the Great Commission beyond your own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church, theology, and hopefully to empower you and your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and personal growth. Not only is Churchpreneur's uh, committed to your church and your ministry, but we're also committed to your personal growth in Christ. And so every now and again, I take a short moment to do a devotional thought. Today, our devotional thought is found in Matthew chapter 17, uh, verses 24 through 27. So if you want to get your Bible out, you can do that. Uh, this is kind of an obscure passage. Uh, very, it, it blew me away uh, the other day when I uh, read it. I had read it before, but it's just one of those obscure ones. And so let's uh, read it real quick. Again, Matthew 17, 24 through 27. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? Peter said, or he said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he had said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up and when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. Now this is, this is a wild, wild passage. Uh, first of all, the temple tax is something that was collected for, uh, for every Jew uh, to, to fulfill and sustain the temple, uh, service in, in Israel. And it's, uh, that, that temple tax is described in Exodus 30, 11 through 16. And it was taken, uh, for the sustaining of the temple and probably likely these, uh, people wanted to trap Jesus and to say, oh, look, see, he's, he is what we thought he is. He's not paying the temple tax. He's not obeying the law. And so today I want to talk about actually that Jesus is our ransom for the soul. Now, this was interesting. It's called the, it's called the ransom tax yeah, in the Old Testament. So let's look at uh, Exodus 30 real quick. The Lord said to Moses, when you take the census of the people of Israel, so this is Exodus 30, 11 through 16, when you take the census of the people of Israel, then each shall give a ransom for his life to the Lord when you number them, that there may be no plague among you when you number them. Each one who is numbered in the census shall give this half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is uh, 20 giras, half a shekel as an offering to the Lord. Everyone who is numbered in the census for 20 years old and upward shall give the Lord Lord's offering. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less 
than the half shekel. When you give the Lord's offering to make atonement for your lives, you shall take the atonement money from the people of Israel and shall give it to the service of the tent of meeting, then uh, that it may be bring people of Israel to the remembrance before the Lord so as to make atonement for their lives. This is so interesting that this comes up and the story about how Jesus actually pays that temple tax. The temple tax was in the Old Testament called the atonement tax or uh, the ransom for the soul. Now this is so interesting. Of course, in the temple, uh, people would, would let the priests stand before them and God and make atonement for them. So they had to, the priests had to have income, had to have money, had to have resources to make, to do their ministry. And so in the old Testament, the priests stood between God and man to make atonement for them. That's also definitely seen in the day of atonement and other things. So this temple tax helped the priests to minister in that context and make atonement for the people. So that's probably why it was called the atonement tax or the, or, or the ransom for the soul. So first of all, we said that the, the, these guys were trying to trap Jesus probably. Oh, look, he doesn't pay his temple tax. He's not a good Jew. Uh, he doesn't fulfill the law, etc., etc. right? So to give proof of his omniscience, he spoke to Peter before he could put the question to Jesus even. Think about this. This is funny. He before, so Peter says, wait, uh, it's funny. You can kind of see Peter saying, hmm, do we pay the temple tax? Uh, they, they came to Peter to try to trap. Now, interestingly, they come to Peter to try to trap the master. Um, yeah, very interesting. They don't go directly to Jesus to try to trap him. They go to Peter. So Peter uh, gets his question posed to him and he's like, oh, wait, uh, do we pay the temple tax? <laughs> I, I forgot. Do we do we do that yet or not? And so Peter goes into the house to probably put this question to Jesus. Wait, Lord, do we pay the temple tax? Uh, I don't remember us doing that or whatever. And um, Jesus poses the question to him first before he even comes in to prove his omniscience. He asked Peter the question that he knew what those guys were talking about. He knew that they asked the question and Jesus says, look, I know what you guys were already talking about. What do you think about the temple tax? Is it rightful? He asked the question. What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax from their sons or from others? And then Peter's like, oh, Wow, did you know we were talking about the temple tax beforehand? Um, and then he said, from others, then Jesus says, then the sons are free. So this, first of all, shows Jesus as God. He's omniscient. He knew the thoughts of men. He knew that they were talking about the temple tax and wanted to trap Jesus. And then he, he shows himself as a son of God. So I am exempt as the son of God from the temple tax is what he's saying here. Jesus brought this topic up before even Peter could speak. Kind of like he told Nathaniel before he knew him. Remember, he said, I saw you under the tree. You're a true son of Israel. 
And Jesus proves here again that he knows the thoughts of men. He can see before and after. Time is not, as, as, he's standing in time, but he is omniscient. Jesus teaches the ways of the king of the kingdom. Kings of the earth do not take tribute from their own sons, do they? Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's a really powerful question. It gets right to the heart of the thing. And so Jesus is not subject to that uh, tax. And he implies that Peter is not as well subject to that tax. Even though he does in the end, he actually says, so not to give offense. So I am the son of God and you are my brothers. He calls them brothers and friends. He calls us brothers. He calls us friends by our association with him by our faith in him and his work on the cross. He calls us friends. And so Jesus says, well, not to give them offense and to fulfill the law. He sends Peter to do this crazy, crazy thing. So look what he does. He says, go Peter. Um, this also proves his omniscience. Go Peter and take uh, your line, your fishing line, and go and catch a fish. The first fish that comes up, when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that shekel and give it to them for yourself and for me. This is really crazy because you think about the probability of, of a fish. First of all, a fish swallowing a shekel right this and this particular fish first of all swallows the shekel he doesn't swallow it and swallow it into his stomach but it stays in its mouth let's think about all let's think about the probability from start to finish someone drops a shekel into the lake first of all a fish comes up and swallows that shekel doesn't let the shekel fall to the ground or to the bottom of the sea, but it swallows it. Second, keeps it in its mouth, doesn't swallow, doesn't go to its stomach, keeps it in its mouth. Third, Peter throws a line into this enormous lake, catches that same fish, pulls the same fish up without the shekel falling out of its mouth, hooks the fish, pulls it out, the shekel stays in there, and that Peter would catch that same fish that swallowed that same shekel that fell out of someone's pocket or fell out of someone's boat or whatever. And to catch that, to get that same fish is highly improbable. <laughs> Let's just say that. But God ordered that fish to swallow that shekel so that Peter could catch that same fish, present that same shekel to the priests for the ransom for their souls. So in this story, Jesus is proving, first of all, that he's omniscient, that he's God, that he ordered a fish to come and swallow a shekel and that Peter go catch that same fish and happen to catch, he ordered all that to happen. That's not probability. It's not like, oh yeah, there's gonna be, I think there's gonna be a fish at this time over there. I saw him swim. No, he ordered that so that that shekel would come 
to pay the ransom for their souls. So he omniscient, he ordered om, om, omnipotent, he ordered that fish to do that, that shekel to be swallowed by him. He's, and then he's this ransom for our soul. He goes and, sh and shows Peter where to go get the temple tax so that he can prove to the priests that he is the ransom for our soul. He performs a miracle so that we can be atoned for and we can stand before God clean and righteous in him that no more sacrifices are needed. Jesus is the high priest who performs the work that we could not perform, that the priests could not perform, that year after year, people's sins were not truly forgiven, just overlooked. Now Jesus proves himself. And in a little while in the Matthew account, he will end up going to the cross and making atonement for our souls. He will present himself as the ransom for our soul. Jesus didn't even have 15 pence to his name. <laughs> so he commanded someone to lose a coin in the water. Then he commanded a fish to come along and swallow that, that, that coin. And then he asked Peter to go fish it out. By the exact moment, Peter's hook was in the water and he made that fish bite that hook with the coin in his mouth and not drop the coin out of his mouth. I think I mentioned that. There's at least five impossible things have to happen in succession so that this fish could have the exact amount that was needed in his mouth, both for him and for Peter. Jesus provides his own temple tax through a miracle that he performs and then later in his life, he, through his own effort, through his own righteousness, goes to the cross and performs the last and final act of our atonement by dying in our place. Whether it's Jesus' omniscience that knew that it was there or his omnipotent power that made it happen, this clearly shows that Jesus is omnipotent, omniscient God in the flesh. He chose to display his dominion here rather than take it out of the angel's hand of the storehouses of heaven, for instance. He shows that he is dominion, has dominion on this earth as the sovereign Lord. I want to also point out again that you are free. He point, Jesus points out that you, as a son of the Most High God, we are made sons and daughters by faith in Christ, we are free from such things. We're no longer bound to the temple tax. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. But He paid for our atonement and showed it through this wonder that He performed to pay for Peter's atonement. We are no longer bound to the temple tax and its system. This shows also that any building or geography or architectural attachments uh, that we have in Christianity are incidental. Your, your building that you meet in as a church, it's an incidental. 
We have no building. We are the body. We are the temple of God. As the Holy Spirit indwells us, we become the temple of God. If Jesus uh, here is showing himself uh, to be the atonement, the answer for the ransom for your soul, the atonement for our lives, the atonement money, as, as the Old Testament put it, then it's fitting here that he shows himself as worthy of that role by providing the tax supernaturally before his death. He also provided it physically here, right here in this, in this story. And then in a few more weeks provided for the atonement for our souls spiritually. This miracle is God running the world and ruling the world in minute detail. Even as we see in Jonah, it's sort of a similar parallel that, that God called the fish to swallow Jonah. He commissioned a fish to go and get Jonah and to perform actually the sign of Jonah, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in three days. As, as Jonah was in the belly of the, of the fish three days, so the Son of Man was uh, resurrected in three days. Jesus is saying, I will provide. If your life is costly, then I will supply all your needs. Jesus was a poor man. He had to send Peter to go fetch a shekel to even pay his temple tax. Jesus himself said, uh, the, the birds of the air have nests and the foxes have dens, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Are you sure you want to follow me? I don't have a home. <laughs> I'm a poor man, the son of a carpenter. But Jesus provides for you, provides for me, everything we need, nothing we don't. And so this temple tax is a true sign of his provision and his spiritual provision later. Just know today that Jesus will provide for you. He's provided through this story by showing us physically that he provided for Peter and himself the ransom tax, which also applies to you when you trust in Jesus Christ as your ransom, as the ransom for your soul on the cross. Jesus Christ went to the cross to provide atonement for your life. He is the atonement money. He is the atonement tax as he's hanging there on the cross raised to life on the third day he makes you a son and a daughter of his kingdom by faith in christ and your sins past present and future are forgiven forgotten if you want to take advantage of that off offer that jesus reaches out his offer of atonement money for the sins for the things you've done wrong for the for the wickedness in our lives. If you want to take hold of that, all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for you. The death we deserve to die, he, he died. His atonement includes the life we could not live, he lived for us. The death we were meant to die, he died for us. And the resurrection, which we could never have uh, accomplished in our own power, he did for you and for me so that we could have 
freedom so that we could have a relationship with God once again. He goes to the cross and provides the atonement money for you and for me. I hope this quick devotional podcast blessed you. Thanks for listening to Churchpreneur's Podcast. You can find out more information about me and my ministry at richardpmore.net. I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at richardpmore23. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or any uh, reaction, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care.